0: Drinking with Dead Women Writers by Elaine Ambrose and A.K. Turner Jane Austen, A Sensible Prejudice for Spruce Beer Jane Austen and I walked into the Sherlock Holmes pub in the Westminster area of London and found a table back in the study. The crowds wouldn't come in for another two hours, so we had the private room to ourselves. She ordered a plate of grilled goat cheese with balsamic vinegar, and I requested some crusty bread with olive oil and a pitcher of dark beer and two glasses. The beers arrived first, and we sipped the foam from the squatty pints. Just can't find good spruce beer anymore, Jane said, sighing as she licked her lips. My father could make a fine batch of beer with just the right amount of needles and buds from our spruce trees near the Steventon rectory. Wasn't your father a minister, I asked. Yes, he was a rector of the Anglican parish, she answered. And he always drank beer, except on Sunday, of course. The server brought the appetizers and turned away quickly, almost rude in his demeanour. But Jane wasn't annoyed. I do not want people to be agreeable, as it saves me the trouble of liking them, she said. I nodded, remembering her famous quote, and we nibbled our food, washed it down with beer, and poured another pint. Can you tell me about writing sense and sensibility, I asked. You're only 35 years old. She smiled and took another drink of beer. Well, the original title was Eleanor and Marion. What a horrible title. Sounds like some kind of boutique in Liverpool. Was your family supportive of your writing? Jane set down her glass and momentarily stared out of the window. I imagined her wandering back to her childhood home in Hampshire, England. Yes, she finally answered. I had a large family, six brothers and one sister. I would read my stories to them. My father owned a large library and he encouraged my writing and reading. He gave me paper and fountain pens and bought me a writing table. <sighs> now people now people pay to see that little table in the museum. Sometimes I wander through and people approach and tell me I look like Jane Austen. You had a positive life at home, I asked. I must have, she replied. I never left. After my father died, my sister and I lived with our mother and we never married. I wrote books. She made beer. It was a great life. You write about relationships and you remain single, I said. Well, there was that innocent fling with Harris Big Wither back in 1802. He had money and he was hot with passion. I could get past his stutter and ugliness, but not his boorish behaviour. At first, I agreed to his marriage proposal, and then I changed my mind. As I've always said, happiness in marriage is entirely a matter of chance. She finished her beer, and we beckoned for another pitcher. A friend, friendlier, fresh server arrived with a full pitcher and filled our pints. In the States, I prefer cold beer, but after consuming half a pitcher of stout Pub beer served at room temperature, it tasted just fine. There was this dashing young lad who became Lord Chief Justice of Ireland, she continued. Tommy Lefroy was his name, but he changed that to Thomas after he'd become successful. I wrote to my sister Cassandra, but I was almost afraid to tell her all the shocking and self-indulgent activities Tommy and I did together. His family didn't like me, and they sent him away. They were financially supporting him, and as I wrote in Mansfield Park, a large income is the best recipe for happiness. But I imagine Tommy, or Thomas, often thought back on those youthful days of decadence with ample appreciation and a morsel of regret. I silently enjoyed the fact that Jane Austen was a famous literary treasure and Tommy Lafroy and his judgmental family were all dead, gone, and forgotten. I also surmised what was considered decadent in 1800 could be standard fare in today's programming for children. You wrote Pride and Prejudice just two years after Sense and Sensibility, I said. Both novels are regarded as literary masterpieces. Reviews in 1821 compared your work to Homer and Shakespeare, and they recently became big Hollywood movies. Yet your name never appeared on the original manuscripts. That's how it was, Jane responded. Women weren't regarded as having any literary talent, so the first books didn't name me as the author. But my father believed in me. In fact, he tried to pay Thomas Goodell, the established publisher in London, to publish an early version of Pride and Prejudice that I had entitled First Impressions. The publisher rejected the offer. I appreciate the irony and the parody in your writing, I said. But how were you drawn to focus on the games of love, particularly among the British upper classes? Mm-hmm. Nothing amuses me more than the easy manner with which everybody settles the abundance of those who have a great deal less than themselves, she said. I used that line in Mansfield Park, and in Pride and Prejudice I wrote that vanity and pride are different things, although the words are often used synonymously. Pride relates more to our opinion of ourselves, vanity to what we would have others think of us. "'So you write about the frailty of the human ego?' I asked. "'I write about life as I see it, as in this passage from Emma. "'Silly things do cease to be silly "'if they're done by sensible people in an impudent way. "'Are you surprised by your success now?' Jane laughed. "'I've heard that there are several chapters of the Jane Austen Society.' And there are international essay contests, entire college curriculums based upon my work, and books written about my books. I ranked 70 in a list of a hundred greatest Britons, and my books have been used as a basis for television shows and websites. (laughs) I do get a kick out of all the fuss. Patrons began to fill the pub as we concluded our visit, and the noise and commotion caused Jane to cover her ears i'd rather be sitting in the shade on a fine day she said looking upon the pastures is a most perfect refreshment we walked out of the pub and into the fog along northumberland street oh one more thing she said the history books say that i died of bovine tuberculosis a disease associated with drinking unpasteurized milk as poppycock I died because it was time to go. Come see me in Winchester Cathedral. I'll be hovering over the nave, making fun of pompous people.